2: True Hauntings is a Human Labs original podcast.
3: Over the past four decades, rumours have circulated on and off about ghostly appearances in the vicinity of Nora Head Cemetery, Jenny Dixon Beach, and a section of Wilfred Barrett Drive on the New South Wales central coast of Australia. Today on True Hauntings, we'll delve into the facts, the fiction and
4: the urban legends of these stories. Welcome to
3: this week's episode. I'm Anne Rekovich, And I'm Renata Daniel. And we invite you to listen in on the stories of our spooky central coast.
2: Anne and Renata have been investigating paranormal occurrences for the past 20 years, They have been at the center of various unexplained phenomena and have witnessed countless ghostly experiences. The duo now turn to high-profile cases that have attracted the eyes of the world. Between the dimensions we see and the dimensions we don't, supernatural forces are at play. Evil lurks within the shadows of our homes and in the darkest corners of our minds. It follows us like a shadow. Forever, this is where nightmares become reality. This is True Hauntings.
3: So welcome back to the studio, Anne. How are you feeling? Yeah, a little bit head above the clouds, feet not on the ground.
4: Things are swirling around us in a rather rapid state at the moment, aren't they?
3: Mm Mm-hmm hmm yes. Every, In the best possible way. Every morning you wake up and you go, hmm, what's going to happen today? This is going to be very, very interesting. But I guess the most enjoyable thing that has come our way at the moment is a little stint on a local radio station. Yes. Oh, we did feel very special. It was awesome. Our beautiful friend, Louise Wilkinson, Mm -hmm. invited us to come on every Friday to do just a few minutes of our tarot show. Our our special gift (laughs) being shared to the masses. We're giving back to the world Uh with our naughty and nice
4: tarot. Now, In our Naughty and Nice Tarot, Renata is a tarot master and she's also a counsellor, so she actually delves deep and gives fantastic advice. Unfortunately, I read from the naughty oracle cards. I have no skill and I am very naughty and a little bit blunt sometimes. So between us, it's quite
3: funny. Mm -hmm. Yes, it has been. An experience. (laughs) I don't think Louise actually knows what to expect, even though she knows as well. Um, (laughs) I think we have kind of knocked her out of her path of being in charge in that particular spot. Yes.
4: (laughs) And uh, you can find us if you want to have a listen. Go to Newcastle Live and you can listen on the web so you don't actually have a radio station. It's a web-based radio. Look for Louise's Lipstick. Lunch, is that right? Lipstick yes, lunch. Yes, lipstick lunch. And she's going to cover things that are uh, close to women's hearts
3: that they don't normally talk about
4: out loud. Yes. <laughs> yes,
3: a very interesting lunchtime listen. Mm. And there's an app that you can get to put on your phone. Newcastle Live, yeah. Yeah, and there you are.
4: And You're we should there. also mention... This week we started our first episode of the Paranormal United Networks. That's right. So Tuesday, 7pm EDT USA time, Uh you can catch the Australians (laughs) on this American-based show. So that again, at the moment you can find that on, I think it's Facebook or they've got a webpage, but if you go to Paranormal United Networks, you can find them there and that would be 9am New South Wales time. Yep,
3: yep. So just once again, Monday 7 p.m. for, for our um, American audience yep, the nor- northern hemisphere and about 9 p.m. 9 a.m. 9 a.m. for the southern hemisphere
4: which is a horrid time of the morning for it us is. it is much we coffee must be consumed we do it for you guys we do it <laughs>
3: <laughs> but let's get on to this story because we are now going back into our territory the central coast It was about this time of the year
4: that four young boys decided to camp for the night on Jenny Dixon Beach, New South Wales, Australia. It would prove to be a night they would never forget. Raymond Grove was a 12-year-old the night he and his three friends were invited to a party in the car park at Jenny Dixon Beach. It was late in the evening, the party had broken up, and Raymond and his three mates had decided to camp on the beach for the night. They built a huge bonfire and huddled together around the flickering flames. Raymond was almost asleep when, for some strange reason, he felt compelled to look up towards the surrounding scrub. There was a woman dressed in a long, flowing dress, similar to that worn by women in the early 1800s. She was obviously not from our time. Her arms were outstretched, and she appeared to be seeking help. He quickly woke up the other three and they stared in horror at the apparition. Some of the boys began throwing sticks from the fire at the woman, but the pieces of wood passed straight through her. Terrified, they ran as fast as they could back up the stairs to the car park. Anyone who knows Jenny Dixon Beach will tell you there are a lot of stairs to climb before you reach the top. But that night, they broke a record racing to the top. After they'd caught their breath, they decided to take one last look to see if she was still there and slowly headed back down the stairs. They'd only got about halfway down when they saw her standing in front of them, blocking them from going any further. The lady seemed to be beckoning for the boys to go with her But there was no way they were going to do that. They weren't going to hang around there for one minute longer. They turned and bolted home as quickly as they could. Since that night in 1973, Raymond, the young boy now a man, has been investigating possible reasons behind the appearance of that ghostly woman.
3: These are stories that we've been hearing for a very long time. These urban legends have been wandering around and changing, shifting, forever evolving ever since I can remember being yeah. part of the
4: paranormal community. I remember starting off in a paranormal term about 10 years ago, and this is one of the first things we investigated. Mm. Yeah. But so, I, the, I have mm-hmm. to say the soundscape that I did read out was actually a report I found in a, a newspaper from Raymond Grove himself. So that was his story. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was an eyewitness account and that is one of the, the big eyewitness accounts because there was several people that saw it. hmm
3: And the thing about the Central Coast is that it has a number of urban legends and myths that circulate and often people mix some of the stories together and don't necessarily detangle them, we are going to be dealing with two of the urban we're legends. We're going to
4: unravel.
3: We're going to unravel the...
4: And they're, they're both centred around a, a sort of a central location. Yes. Yep. We have the Jenny Dixon Beach. Yes. We have the Wilfred Barrett Drive. Yes. But it all seems to be anchored around the Norville Cemetery. Yes. Yes. So we're going to try... And unravel where these stories fit and is there some fact within this urban legend that created the stories?
3: Okay. So where shall we start? This this is difficult and this has been difficult. Yeah. And we couldn't do it the way we normally do it, Mm -hmm. where
4: Renata will dig out the history and then I pull it to pieces. Mm -hmm. So bear with us as we we discuss this one between us because we, we have two different locations and they do overlap. So mm-hmm. shall we
3: start with the beach? Yes. All yeah. right. Let's start with the Jenny Dixon Beach story. And, guys, if any of you have had experiences out there, we would love to hear from you because, again, this is this is something that we have not set in our mind as as concrete when it comes to... The research that we have done, we are still open to different explanations. So, please, if you know any more about this story, by all means, by all means, get in contact with us.
4: Yeah, and we also did an episode of this with the Buttsman himself, yes, Isaac Butterfield, yes. So we this will probably all come out around about the same time. So. Yeah, we use some of this information that we gleaned in uh, working with Isaac and we have some of our own personal experiences.
3: Mm -hmm. So Jenny Dixon Beach is home to one of Australia's most famous urban legends and that's absolutely true. The story is that a woman appears, she has her arms outstretched and she is calling for help from whoever the observer might be that sees her. So there is also as we mentioned a nearby road which seems to be home to a phantom hitchhiker also a young woman who was allegedly murdered a few decades ago. So all these stories sort of center around females who are in some sort of a trauma or or some Distress, tragedy. Yeah. yeah, some tragedy has occurred to them and they are calling out for help. So Jenny Dixon Beach is found near the end of a long road, the only road really that goes Mm. through, called Wilfred Barrett Drive. And there have been many, many reports over the years of people seeing the ghost of a woman. So she will stand with her back towards the scrub and seemingly appears from nowhere. She holds out her hands to whoever is looking as if she is appealing for help. And those who see her generally are not aware that she actually isn't flesh and blood. So they think they're actually seeing a woman who is in distress. And that actually makes me wonder how many times have we seen entities and we didn't
4: realise it was an entity. Because mm. the only one that I know that I can say I've seen
3: was as solid as you and me. hmm hmm So- Interesting. Well, they say that we do see ghosts every day. They pass us. We just don't know that they're ghosts.
4: Oh, mm. Maybe when you get those tingles on your skin, that's a ghost walking past. Yes.
3: <gasps> I've just added the bit about the other hitchhiking ghost because a lot of people believe it's the same one.
4: Yeah, they think that the ghost of Jenny Dixon Beach is is the hitchhiking ghost of Wilfred Barrett
3: Drive. Mm-hmm. But the women are very different and they have been described as very different. So yes. the Jenny Dixon Beach ghost appears in clothing that are around the 1800s. So they're long, flowing, white. Victorian uh, Victorian gowns. style,
4: yes. That's your, your normal, typical mm-hmm. ghost that you see that people report. She was in a
3: long, flowing, white gown. That's right. But the the hitchhiking ghost is seen in clothing that is more reminiscent of like the nineteenth. 50s, 1960s type, 1970s yeah, style. I've, I've, in one of the accounts I I read it was a white handkerchief style dress. Yes, yes. So Jenny Dixon Beach is a piece of coastline that sort of juts out into the Tasman Sea. It's very notorious for many, many shipwrecks that occurred from the early years when ships were coming from Sydney up the coast to Newcastle. And there have been at least seven, seven ships that have run aground. What was that? Sh- 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 7 push teeth sh- sh- back in, Renata. And it really led to the building and establishment of Nora Head Lighthouse. Yes, it did. So once Nora Head Lighthouse came in, of course, the shipwrecks stopped. But prior to that... Is when all of the wrecks occurred, and they kind of happened around a thirty-five year period leading up to eighteen seventy-one, when the the lighthouse was established. Mm-hmm. Now, the shipwreck that we are interested in is the one that has allegedly been called the Jenny Dixon. The Jenny Dixon. Yes. Is and there a ship called the Jenny Dixon? No, there's not. <laughs> <laughs> so, who is the beach named after? <laughs> Uh, a ghost. It's named Jenny Dixon because there was a ship called the Janet Dixon. Oh. Which was wrecked on September the 1st, 1867. It was lost on on the Oyster Bank there. Oh, do you get many deaths? But there were no deaths on that vessel.
0: Well,
4: now, why have we got ghosts from the Janet Dixon on the Jenny Dixon oh, Beach? Oh,
3: I don't know.
4: Oh, it's a bit convoluted. Uh, I'm, I'm going to read. Oh, there's so many bits of paper she's flipping yeah, sorry. through
3: here. I'm going to read you from the... Sydney Morning Herald on March the 11th. You ready, everyone? And Auntie Renata's going to read a story. I know. I'm going to read you what appeared in the paper. Okay, I'm ready. So it says, Total Wreck of the Schooner Janet... Dixon. The Fire King brought intelligence to Sydney of the wreck of the above vessel. The Janet Dixon was a schooner of 66 tonnes and registered to the Captain Maxwell McKee and crew of which arrived by the Fire King, having been picked up by that vessel in their dinghy off Bungaree's Nora. Captain McKee left Newcastle with 100 tonnes of coal at noon on Saturday. It blew a furious gale, bringing up a very heavy, cross sea. Captain McKee at once tried to make Broken Bay, but the wind and the sea increasing. He obliged to run before it and ultimately succeeded in getting to Cabbage Tree Bay. At 6.30pm the same day, the decks having been swept by the heavy seas, both anchors were at once let go with sufficient cable, but she commenced to drag onto a reef and soon became a total wreck. The crew reached a safe landing in their boat and were most humanely treated by Mr Hargraves, who rendered them all the assistance their desolate position required. So in the end, no one perished off the Janet Dixon. There are no ghosts associated with the Janet Dixon. So this led me... Ooh. To look at all the other shipwrecks that had occurred okay. around the area, did you find some deaths mm-hmm. where people had actually lost their lives? All right. So we looked at all the others.
4: So we've got to look at the the, the story there from Raymond. He's talking about a woman in a period dress mm-hmm. with arms outstretched, beckoning.
5: Mm-hmm.
4: Now, some of the other reports I've heard is that she's crying, she's calling for help. So all right, let's dig. Mm-hmm. Why is she doing this?
3: I found a few different vessels that had wrecked and a few who uh, unfortunately, because of that wreck, suffered loss of life. And we have the Ceres, which is a paddle steamer built in Clarence Town in 1836, and that sank after hitting a rock at Bull's Head near Norah Head. And... We also have the Anna Marie or Anne Marie, and the Anne Marie reports that she was commanded by Captain HH Caps, who was who perished along with his mate, four seamen, and a cook. So the one that we are interested in the most is the Esperanza, which also wrecked around the Norahead area. And it had a number of people on board, but I had a look at who actually lost their life, and there were eight people that lost their life in that particular wreck. And they included Mr. Baker, Mrs. Baker, the child Baker. Oh, I've got chills. There was Ooh. a seaman called Peter Mass. There was a first mate called Pierce. there was a second mate called Bill and a seaman called Harry and a steward called Tom. But we have the child, Baker, and we have Mrs. Baker. Do you know my maiden name is Baker? Yeah. It's it's a bit... Wow. So these people died here and my question is... If the story of this woman who may allegedly have been calling out for her lost child, her lost baby, and these all of these people who are seeing this particular site are seeing this same lady in this same traumatised state calling out for help, are we actually seeing Mrs Baker? It, it sort of makes
4: sense, doesn't
3: it? Has it just been easy to connect the Janet Dixon or Jenny Dixon, yeah, and name this spirit Jenny Dixon instead of actually looking into the information and really trying to connect with the name. Yeah. Now, I know when we were there with Isaac, we did a little bit of recording Mm -hmm. and we tried to reach out to Mrs. Baker. Yes, and we haven't listened to that. yet. We haven't listened
4: to that yet. So that's going to be interesting. You'll have to watch the Isaac Butterfield special to see whether we caught any EVPs for that. Mm. But we got Miss Claire to come up with us. Yes. And we did some sessions on the staircase with her. Yes. And you actually tapped into an entity that, you felt, was there. Mm-hmm. It was very distressed. Mm-hmm. And it was a female, but she was in her own state. She was not really aware.
3: That's right. Yes. I remember that now. I saw her huddling in a corner as if she was sitting there holding her knees and rocking back and forth. Yes. Yes. Yeah, in a very, very agitated and distressed she state. She didn't want
4: to talk. She didn't want anything to do with it. She she just had her own agenda. So was yeah. it... A residual sort of thing that is there from that woman's trauma as she was drowning, or is it a ghost that's there and doesn't realize she's died, or she just doesn't feel she can pass because she
3: couldn't hang on to her child and save it? Mm-hmm. Oh, all of those things, all of the above, yeah. And then we look at these stairs, these stairs that are there now that were not there at the time when these shipwrecks happened. And they're hard enough
4: to get up as they are, never mind when there was
3: no stairs. That's right. So then we have to look at whether there was some sort of a passage at that point in time down to the beach from that point. And if she comes to the stairs it may indicate that this spirit is not a residual spirit but an, actually an intelligent spirit. Mm, making use of the stairs. Making use Therefore, of the stairs. intelligent. I That's, like that. Mm-hmm. So we've got a couple of things that now become complicated within this story. But what what have you dug up with what people have seen or what experiences have happened there?
4: Well, it seems to be the, the same story that's repeated over and over about this woman in white who is beckoning and calling for help and most of the stories seem to think that she is looking for a child, mm-hmm. but whether that's just made a good story, mm-hmm. I'm I'm not really sure. But I think we need to get now onto Wilfred Barrett Drive and have a look at that mm-hmm. because then we need to ha- look at how it all sort of intertwines. Okay,
3: all right. Before we actually start on to the story of the Phantom Hitchhiker, I just want to mention that this Vanishing Hitchhiker legend or myth is everywhere around the world. There are is. always these Phantom Vanishing Hitchhikers. Yeah. And we don't get hitchhiking anymore, really. And, and, no one
4: does that. And these stories are normally to do with a woman that's been scorned by a man. They've been betrayed in some form or other by a husband or fiance. And mm-hmm. I suppose that sort of matches a little bit to what the story is behind this this hitchhiking goes,
3: doesn't it? Mm -hmm. Now, there is a lady who I believe it's a lady, it might be a gentleman. No, it's a gentleman, sorry, Jan Harold Brunvand, who wrote a nonfiction book called The Vanishing Hitchhiker in 1821. And what he says in his book is that these stories can be traced as far back as the 1870s and they have parallels in places like Korea, Russia, amongst Chinese Americans, Mormons, and the Ozark Mountaineers. Ooh. Very fringe. <laughs> very interesting. But similar stories have been reported for centuries everywhere. So I dare say before they actually hitched hike with cars, it may have been horse and carriage hitchhikers. <laughs> <laughs> that would have jumped on the back of a horse and carriage and then disappeared. Have you notice I'm not saying anything about back in your time? Mm. Yeah. Thank I'm you. trying to
4: find a better spot to put it this thank time.
3: Thank you. Thank you. But This can tie into this concept of ley lines, especially when we go overseas. And there is a gentleman called Alfred Watkins who did a lot of research about following tracks, especially over in England, which he then termed ley lines. And he found through his beliefs and thinking that these ley lines were tracks that the communities used for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. So they were well-known lines, but they were also power grids, Mm -hmm. power lines. And there is some thought that along ley lines, people can power up. And not only the living can power up, but the dead can power up. Okay. And this is also where portals might exist so that these energies can come in and out of our world. Well, I know at Sedona they have um, these energy
4: portals and yes. vortexes and things. Yes. And I went and sat in one. Now I, these I didn't the, go anywhere.
3: These these are named many different names depending on what country you are associated with, they might be called ley lines, nodal lines. In Australia, they're called song lines. Yeah. And all of them seem to have this same mythology that things, weird things happen around them Mm. and that this old knowledge disappeared that weird things happened around these lines. So maybe Wilfred Barrett Drive... Is one of these weird lines of road where spirit comes in and out, and things occur and happen.
4: Or maybe it's the locals making up shit.
3: Look, I just went down a really <laughs> supernatural and spooky thing there and you, you just
4: blew a, it out you, of the water. You built a great story there and I just bugged it up for you. You did. You did. Now, would you like to hear about what the, the legend is yes. for the hitchhiking ghost yes. that you've gone all spiritual blue? Yes. Oh, I'm just going
3: to go over and, <laughs> and sulk now, but just I just want people to think more deeply about this whole ley line story and these pathways that have been put in place by our ancestors many hundreds of years ago, these paths that were followed all over the world because it was believed that they were places of great significance and sacredness. And take some time in investigating yourself and see what happens around these sites, because there might just be an interlinking, no matter what Anne
5: says now, okay?
3: (laughs) (laughs) Go ahead, Anne, go on.
4: All right, so this hitchhiking ghost appears on the Wilfred Barrett Drive between Magenta, so this is Magenta Shores, and Noraville. Mm -hmm. all right? So it's not a long stretch of road. It's only a couple of kilometres, but it is a very badly lit road. Mm -hmm. There are not good visual lines on it in Mm -hmm. the dark with no lighting, so it, it is... Dangerous roads, as far as I'm concerned. Now, the ghost is quite often seen as a young girl with flowing hair, wearing a long white dress and she is walking along the side of the road or can be seen off in the distance. Now, witnesses, and there have been loads of witnesses. Loads. Loads. Yeah. Now, they've, they've reported picking her up. She gets into the back seat. They talk for a little bit. Some people say she doesn't respond. Other people say that she has spoken. And then she mysteriously disappears by the time they get to the Noraville Cemetery. Mm-hmm. Oh, Okay. Now, there was even the report of a doctor mm-hmm. who had picked her up and he went to the police station because he was quite rattled when she disappeared and the
3: police said, yeah, we're aware of her. Mm-hmm. Wow. Apparently the police have caseload of these sightings. I'd Sustaining. love to knock on their door and find out if they could give oh, us some information. They're probably sick of paranormal <laughs> investigators going
4: and so, saying, oh, look, we're new to this. We will know more than the other person. Anyway, so... This goes back to something that supposedly happened in the 1970s where there was a young girl who was heading home from work. She was pulled into the car, viciously attacked and raped by five young men. Mm -hmm. Now, there's been reports of four young men, five young men. She was then dumped near Jenny Dixon Beach. Now, Mm -hmm. there is bushland around there. She was half dead. She, they, they got her and she was taken to hospital and she died from the results of her injuries. Apparently on her deathbed, she said to her father, she will never rest until those boys are brought to justice. Mm-hmm. I'm feeling this movie coming on. Mm-hmm. The other thing that was weird is that nobody was ever caught. Nobody was ever charged. But five men involved all died of mysterious, dreadful, type deaths. So apparently the first sighting occurred not long after her burial, which is supposed to be at the Nora Head Cemetery, and the first one was not long after she'd been buried. It was one of the men who was suspected of being involved, but they couldn't prove it, hung himself after continually complaining about being harassed by a spirit. Mm -hmm. The same year, his friend, his mate, some believe that he was involved, but again, can't prove it, was fatally injured in a car accident. Before he died, though, he claimed that someone walked out in front of his vehicle, but witnesses
3: said they saw no one. Right. Now, these four or five allegedly were known to be friends? Yes. Right. The third member of
4: the group to die in mysterious circumstances drove his car off a cliff after confessing that he too had had a ghost that was torturing him. This doesn't sound like a movie plot at all, does it? No, it doesn't. So the fourth one supposedly picked up a hitchhiker On Wilfred Barrett Drive, you'd think they would have learned after what happened on the first one, or maybe they got a taste for it, who knows. But the girl disappeared from within his car. He went and reported the incident, but apparently people made so much fun of him that he soon began to show signs of insanity. Mm. And later on, he ran his car over an embankment on the Pacific Highway and died. The last boy. Now, if I'd been the last boy in this case, in this brutal rape and murder of this gorgeous girl, I would be getting worried. Mm-hmm. I would be heading to the police station and confessing my sins mm-hmm. and taking lock me up and save me because <laughs> yes. and don't leave a TV in the room because I know that the ring girl's going to climb out and kill me. Um, <laughs> so apparently, he had been complaining to his sister about constantly being haunted. He left the area later to go and work for a circus Mm -hmm. in an effort to escape the torment.
1: But it followed him.
4: Oh, dear. He often told of seeing things day and night. There would be no difference what time of the day it was. And he also ended up taking his own life with a shotgun. (laughs) Now, I, I have to say... How did they know these
3: five boys were involved if they never actually? Mm. It would be, and look, we know that stories travel fast Mm -hmm. and in small places stories travel super fast. So it would only have been from the stories that these boys would have told their friends who then told their friends, who then told family and friends that this myth or this legend or mm. these stories would have come out. Yeah. You would have thought at one stage that the police would have been involved, especially if by the, the second or third death and the suspicion that would have been aroused would have led them to maybe interview some people. Mm-hmm. Maybe they did. We don't know those stories.
4: Well, there's even a story of two police officers who supposedly picked up a hitchhiker on Wilfred Barrett Drive during the early hours of the morning, a young girl, and she disappeared out of the police car. Her mm-hmm. from uh, before she got to the Noraville cemetery
3: that's that's that, it's, it's, that's insane it, yeah <laughs> has this girl's grave actually been found and do you right. know the name of this girl? We I researched really long and hard trying
4: to find out who this girl was. Now, you would think that a girl that was raped and brutally murdered, mm-hmm. there would be a hoo ha on the internet, only from the 1970s. That's yeah, not that long that's ago. Not that far. But there was nothing. Couldn't find anything anywhere until I got onto a blog forum, mm-hmm. like a Reddit site. Mm, yeah, yep. that sort of thing. I'm- yep. I think we both found the same. The same one. Now, before I, I get to what the girl's name may be, there's also a few more reports of people who had seen this ghost. Now, this one was from Paul and it was back in 2010, so that's not that long ago. No, A few years back when we were younger, my wife and I and a few friends were at Nora Head Lighthouse. My wife turned to me and said, ''There is someone watching us from the bush.'' I turned to see a white silhouette, which seemed to be a young lady and very light on her feet. When the silhouette slowly moved towards us, we all jumped in the car and took off. I was the only one to turn around to see if anyone was still there, but there was no one in sight. We still talk about that night often and wonder if we should have stayed and approached the young
3: lady. I would have approached.
4: Yeah.
3: I can can see how people would be scared. Well, particularly with the urban legends of the
4: ghosts that are around. Yeah. Right. So there's a report from a bus driver. So he's got onto this forum and Mm -hmm. wanted to add his little bit in as well. He said, I'm a bus driver in the area. I've never seen her at all. As all our late night runs go through Noraville, I always hear school kids talking about her. I've looked heaps on the net for her. Not much out there, but the truckies do avoid Wilfred Barrett Drive at night. Apparently she likes to play chicken with them. Mainly on Wednesday nights. Mm-hmm. So, okay. apparently, it's a
3: chicken dinner on Wednesday nights. Right. Okay. And look, we certainly don't suggest that you go out travelling up Wilfred Barrett Drive on no, Wednesday don't. nights, circling to see if you can see her. There is another one here that
4: spoke, speaks of truckies. Some more truckies from Linfox, Fox, Toll and even Rich's Transport from Queensland won't use that road at night. They claim, apart from playing chicken, this goes to Piers on the centre line of the road, just stands there. I know a truckie that quit due to this. Any more info he would like to know about that? and uh, He would like to say that none of the truckies involved were involved with drugs or booze.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but... There's a twist to this story. So we have this story of this young girl who's coming home from a late night shift. She gets picked up by some guys. They rape her and wound her to a point where they dump her body. She goes to the hospital, dies there, Mm -hmm, says, mm -hmm. I'm going to terrorise you blah, yeah. blah, blah. But then there is the story of well, a true. hang on. True... No, no, no. Before you get to there, I'm building up here. Oh, okay. I'm building right. up. Just right. hang on to your okay. little panties okay. there.
4: all right, all right. All right, okay. So now the ghost hunters get involved. Mm-hmm. And this is a little bit disgraceful, but it led to a great response from someone Mm -hmm. who gives us the name.
3: Mm -hmm. See
4: how I'm building suspenders here? Right, okay. Now,
3: Ghost Hunters started on this probably at least 10, 12 years ago.
4: They've been at it for ages. Right, let me read you this. Lately, my friends and I have been driving up and down the strip a lot to see if we can see her. Kind of bad, but we've been trying to stir her up by abusive music and the boys have been going nuts calling her names. Not sure if I've seen her or not, but both my mate and I saw a white silhouette in the far distance along the road. We also took many pictures to see if we could see anything but nothing at that stage. She got a cold shiver and my friend who was driving looked in the rear view mirror and screamed. She said she saw something sitting in the middle seat next to me. I know she wouldn't lie, especially with the, especially with the state of fear she was in. I started to not believe in it, but the same girl that saw her, her boyfriend had some weird fit going down that strip, and apparently ended up with weird scratches on his arm. That's my experience with Wilfred Barrett Drive. My friends and I are still on the hunt, so I'll keep you posted.
3: Oh, so many oh, reasons why that's just disgusting. So wrong. <laughs>
4: And I think the ghost was very restrained, only giving them a fit and some scratches. <laughs> oh, dear. This girl was raped.
3: Yes. Murdered. Yeah. Assailants not known. Yeah. How disrespectful is yep. that? Yeah. And they're calling her names. They're calling her names. They're calling the her victim. names. Yeah. Yeah. It boiled my blood,
4: but then I read the next post and I went, thank you, sister how immature and disrespectful. I feel sick to the stomach after reading that. The girl's name is Jasmine Taylor and she was brutally raped and left for dead. Those boys screaming out insulting names at her are revolting. They should be likened to the five little shits who brutalised her as they obviously have no respect for girls at all. And you certainly have no respect for the dead. The reason why Jasmine wanders is because she was traumatised, you idiots. She got those little assholes back eventually, all except one. She continues to haunt that stretch of road in search of that final asswipe loser who I hope dies a death of finacling irony. You can fill that word in. She goes on to say, I was raped and it's something someone never forgets. I understand her rage. The police are useless now as they were back then and she is seeking her own justice and closure. Yay for Jasmine. I hope that she brings down anyone who has the audacity to mock, taunt and disrespect her.
3: Wonderfully said. Wonderfully said because what those young people were doing is absolutely the very, very most Awful thing that
4: you can do, and they've been watching ghost hunting TV shows, and they think that's how you investigate. Mm. It's not. Mm. Yeah, they're not getting in the head of the entity that is there and understanding why they might still be there. Yeah, and then talking to them as somebody who's traumatized, not someone who's there to be taunted.
3: Yeah, oh, I need to get off my. Keep going, Renata. You, you
4: fill in the rest of the story now.
3: The provoking is something that should, should just stop. So
4: what is the historical facts? Now, I, I did go and search for Jasmine's name. There is no stories about her at all. So I don't know whether this particular lady has created a story to make those idiots maybe come back down to earth and understand that what they're doing is disrespectful or whether it's true and her name is withheld because she was too young which they do do that sometimes. Mm-hmm. So we can't find a record of her death mm-hmm. or of the crime committed with the rape and the murder.
5: But that, that's you true.
4: did find some something but it was much further back.
3: Yes. So I did a little bit of digging. And we've seen some vodcasts lately on YouTube where ghost hunters have been out searching for the gravesite of whoever this particular victim is, and they can't seem to find it. Strangely enough, they go during the night. Oh, funny about that. And if they have no knowledge of the cemetery or have not researched, it's a bit hard to find it, but, you know, the joy is in the wandering around, you know, Mm -hmm. with, with your... Your lights and torches, and going, You might be here. And I'm hearing voices and I'm hearing noises, for freak's sake. But anyway. Fanakal, fanakal radata. I said freak. <laughs> Some believe that the real name of this alleged ghost, though, may be Grace Holmes, who was aged 18 at the time of her tragedy. She was murdered while her younger sister, Catherine Holmes, who was 11 at the time, was molested and also murdered. And they were on a walk to Nora Head. On their way home, they were attacked. So Grace, as she lay dying from the bludgeoning, must have heard her young sister crying as she was being raped and murdered. I couldn't think of anything more horrific in my whole life. So the murderer was caught, however, but due to a terrible incompetent police investigation, Seems to be the the case with this. Uh, Against the murderer, uh, the whole thing fell apart at time of trial and the killer was acquitted. Oh, I didn't know that. Awful. So the ghost, if there is one, is most likely Grace trying in spirit to help and catch her killer. So the double murder was a stain on the Central Coast in around the 1950s and the investigation into the crime was an embarrassment to the New South Wales Police Force and the criminal justice system. So over time, this memory of this tragic affair has become this urban legend. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're looking at the 1950s. Yeah. The other story is, I think, a little bit later than that, 70s. 1970s, yep. yep. So whether these two have become intertwined or there is a, another young girl called Jasmine Taylor, and if if you know of this Jasmine Taylor, please let us know because we would love to know more information about this. And to honour her memory. And to honour her memory. Now, from this particular post that I was reading, a family member had tried to collect money for a headstone for the two girls and they were looking for donations from the general public. This appeared in a number of local newspapers, so this is an absolute true story. These two young girls were unfortunately uh, murdered Mm -hmm. by this horrible person along that roadway. When we did our piece with Isaac, we became very connected to these young girls as part of this emotional connection that we were making out there. And we decided that one of the first things we do is go to the Nora Head Cemetery during the day and see if we could find this headstone because we had no idea what it looked like. Yeah. We just knew that it was there somewhere.
4: for For decades, it just had a little wooden marker or something on it because mm. the family couldn't afford to put a headstone on, mm-hmm. they'd actually only been in Australia because they'd come out from England.
3: Yes, about five or six weeks yes. when they were murdered. Yes, and they were starting trying to start a yep. new life. So tragedy upon tragedy. And we had split up, yep. and we were looking around the cemetery. And Mick was helping us. Yep. And I, I, this is where I had my profound experience because we'd bought some flowers and we decided we. We'll, um, we'd let Isaac and Claire put flowers on the headstone. We just had to find the headstone, yeah. and we wandered around a little bit. And then I kind of stood in one spot and I said, "Girls, girls, can you just lead me directly to where your headstone is, please? I just I want you to lead me directly to where your headstone is." And I opened my eyes, and I just took the steps. And literally within two minutes later. Oh,
4: it was less than that.
3: It I was 20 fell, seconds. I fell on my knees and I've gone, oh, my goodness. And I found myself in front of the headstone. Yeah. I could not believe what I was decent seeing. It's a
4: decent-sized cemetery.
3: It's huge. Yeah. And it's nowhere to be expected because mm. it's not in a new patch. Not so that was my overwhelming experience that really connected me with with the girls. Um and later on we show in the episode that's going to air, um, Claire and Isaac going to place flowers. So Yeah,
4: we we chose not to because people get funny about paranormal investigators and yeah. ghost hunters being in cemeteries, graveyards. So we chose out of respect to stand back and let Claire and Isaac go and pay their respects to the girls.
3: Mm yeah and from a deeply respectful place, um, I think we we took the time out to give them some time and to tell them that we were doing this to shed light on the story mm. but then you did later on because we spent an evening at the area in the area doing a couple of different sequences and just about as we hit, we're about to hit the road to Wilfred Barrage Drive to look for the alleged yeah, spirit ourselves. Yeah, we just finished ourselves. down on the beach. Yep. It starts to pour. Oh my! Oh, pour with rain. It was just the heavens opened
4: and bombarded us. Mm-hmm. So you're all huddled in the one car with Stu, the camera guy, and Connor, the director, and I was taking one person at a time. I oh, know I had Connor, and we were driving up and down. Wilfred Barrett Drive, trying to see if we could see the ghosts. But I actually ended up doing something a little bit different. You did. You had a brainwave. I did. And you guys are going to have to watch that episode to work out what I did. But let me just say that we ended up with some very interesting... Insight. 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 and also some things where each person came up with a
3: similar or same thing at the same location. Now, I have to stress that the direction was... No one really knew what they were going to do until they entered into the car. Mm-hmm. And everyone was told not to say anything once they yes. got out of the
4: car. No comparing notes. Yeah, And
3: I have to say that that remained absolutely true. Because you were in true.
4: charge of that in the yep. other car. Yeah. Uh, because that- I, I didn't want anyone being influenced yep. by anyone or anything. Yeah.
3: So that remained absolutely and true. And we
4: actually, when they went to lay flowers on the graves, we actually wouldn't tell them what that was about, just that these girls were integral to the story mm-hmm. and that they, they should go and say hello to them and meet them. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the the little synchronicities that happened on that drive up and down, Wilfred Barrett. Very interesting. So you need to go to Isaac Butterfield's YouTube channel and look out for,
3: now what's the name of your series? The Devil's Devil's Advocate. Advocate. The Devil's Advocate. And, yes, by the time this is released, that episode will probably be out or very soon. So this is really the teaser for that. And we found the stories to be really exciting once we actually dug and found the truth the truth yeah to yep. some of these yep this and is when it became really true super interesting <laughs> super super
4: interesting so we have the Jenny Dixon ghost which is actually Mrs Baker looking for her baby mm-hmm. we have the Wilf- Wilfred Barrett drive ghost which is actually Grace and All those other
3: stories just seem to be urban legends. Mm -hmm. Unless there is someone out there who has a piece of information. About Jasmine. That, yeah, will give us even more insight and allow us to dig even further Thank you for joining us this week on True Hauntings. I hope
4: you have enjoyed this episode because we certainly did and I didn't insult Renata once.
3: Not yet. We've got a minute to go.
4: (laughs) Get it in. (laughs) So I hope you can join us next week on our new episode. In the meantime, if you have enjoyed this episode, share it around with your friends. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and if you've enjoyed it and you're able to leave a review so that itunes and spotify will boost us up in that little profile they put up there all that good juicy stuff that helps us keep promoting and doing more stuff for you guys so until next time see you on the dark
2: side bye thank you for listening to this episode of true hauntings if you like the show, give us a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening right now. For more on Anne and Renata, follow at Ann and Renata on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube, or visit their website, www.annandrenata.com.